Pete? Mike? Nice to see you again. Well, here we are in the old studio. I know! So, is this the first set rehearsal for the new revived Sacred Cows tonight? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you can see that they're actively disassembling the sets, right? Alright guys, break everything down nice and small so it'll burn easier. Well, you know how producers sometimes like to improve the sets for their, you know, high-profile sequels. I really feel like that's not what's happening here. Someone just sawed our old host desk in half with a logging saw. Keep working, everyone. I want everything in this studio to be unrecognizable debris by lunchtime. I think you're jumping to conclusions. Hey, hey, guys. Uh, oh, one second. Oh, oh, okay, I've got my wrecking hammer and the wood chipper for the rest of the furniture is out back. Great. We'll have everything destroyed and hauled off to the dump in no time. Uh, okay. Maybe a renewal isn't looking so likely. It isn't. In fact, the letter we got stated that we needed to show up today to clean out our filing cabinet before it goes into the fire. There was a letter? A harshly worded letter. Anyway, come on, let's start cleaning. Gee, this makes good podcast audio. Wow, lots of memories here. Here's our script from the very first Sacred Cows episode on Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. But here's the very first script from our unaired Highlander episode. Burn that. Burn that. Whoa, look here, remember when? Put that away. There could be kids listening. Oh, my mistake. Hey, fanboy, here's something for the wood chipper. No, no, I'll take it. Mike, you won't believe it. Look what I found. Oh, hey, guys. Disembodied voice guy. Er, yeah. Hi. Holy shit! It's the notorious DVG DV. I loved your last album, Straight Out of Mordor, Where the Shadows Lie. Could I have your autograph? Notorious DVG? What the heck is this? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention. The second I was rid of your dead weight, I went and cut a sick gangster rap album with Diddy. And now I'm triple platinum. Then, how come I've never heard of you? He means he's triple platinum in Bulgaria, which means he sold like 200 albums. I mean, that's pretty good. Mr. DVG, I'm a big fan of world music. Can you sign my shirt? Just for that, kid, you can scram. Wow, the notorious DVG told me to scram. Awesome. Anyway, we're not going to ask why a triple platinum Bulgarian rap artist is hiding in our filing cabinet. It's a really funny story. You see... We said we're not going to ask. Oh, look what else I found, Mike. It's our entertainment predictions for 2018. Let me see those. <laughs> you guys are idiots. I don't know. I've seen a lot worse predictions than these. Oh, I know, but you guys are idiots regardless. Well, there's only one thing to do with this information. Have a 2018 year in review in advance recap episode. It's Sacred Cows Tonight with your hosts... Mike and Pete, featuring Disembodied Voice Guy, with special guest, 
David Stewart. Featuring the Sacred Cows Tonight Band. And now welcome your hosts, Mike and Pete. Thanks, disembodied voice guy. Say, disembodied voice guy. Yes, Pete? Now that you're a triple platinum Bulgarian rap artist... Black Sea Coast represent! Eh, right. But now that that's happened, what are you doing back here? Shouldn't you be getting all funky fresh on that hip Sophia club scene? Well, rapping is kind of seasonal work in Bulgaria. Beat farmers like to get yucky out on the town after a hard day in the fields. But in the winter, everyone's holed up back at the farmhouse and the clubs are empty. Well, I'm glad you can make it all the way back here for the Bulgarian non-rapping season. As we established at GeeklyCon 2017, I can travel anywhere in the world in a moment. So I didn't even get to take my sick private jet, unfortunately. But I could have. <laughs> wow, this guy can really make anything sound evil. Now, if you'll excuse me. I have to go cut the ribbon at my new community outreach center for at-risk youths. <laughs> Welcome to Sacred Cows Tonight. I'm Mike. I'm Pete. And today we're doing our 2019 year in review in advance episode. And with us we have special guest David Stewart. Hey guys. So, uh, yeah, welcome back to uh, Sacred Cows Tonight, everybody. Uh, this is not a regular episode. This is a special. Yeah, we're not back full-time, but we figured that we better uh, go through and make good on our 2018 predictions to see how we did. And David's here to help us with that and, in a lot of cases, uh, make fun of us. Yeah, you know, we just don't want to be accused of sweeping our poor, poor predictions under the rug uh, when they didn't come true. So we're <laughs> just doing right by you guys. And then, David, will you join us in doing some new predictions, some bold predictions for 2019? Absolutely. I'm going to try and be as bold as I can. Okay. So that way you guys can make fun of me in a year. <laughs> we'll, we'll Do we have to wait a year? No, uh, <laughs> nah, you don't have to. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll start a dumb predictions Twitter where we can just uh, poke that, that uh, dragon right away. So let's, <laughs> let's make stupid predictions about January that we're already wrong. Well, anyway, um, Pete, did you uh, you happen to get together the uh, 2018 predictions? So we do have the 2018 predictions out here, um, and we, we, you know, we can just kind of go down. Uh, everybody had their own opinions. Uh, at the top of the list was uh, talking about the Cloak and Dagger show that came out this year, and I didn't actually see this thing or or really hear much about it. Then again, I don't have a have. TV, really. Um, <clears throat> but uh, did any of you guys happen to see Cloak and Dagger? Yeah, I did not. Me neither. So, uh... It is supposed... The 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 big prediction, and we should say that Eli uh, was unfortunately unable to join us tonight, but the big prediction was that it would be the most successful and best non-Netflix uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe show um, outside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, are there a whole lot of... Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe non Netflix shows that are not Agents of Shield. Uh, there's Cloak and Dagger, and I think there's one other one. I don't remember what it is. Yeah, Inhumans or something like that. But that's probably not <laughs> <the> Cinematic <laughs> Universe. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But um, I think this one almost wins by default because I can't actually think of another one. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, 
that that cloak and dagger is very popular. Um, you know, looking 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 at it, it it's rated uh, seven seven point zero out of ten stars uh, on IMDb. So, you know, right. so it does ha- it's found an audience. So that's okay. good. Well, very good. Good job, Eli. Uh, we made some. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know your stuff. Uh, we had made some predictions about uh, X Files, uh, uh, which had uh, it's come and gone quite under my radar. I haven't watched it, but I did, however, predict that there would be a huge, massive PR scandal at the end with the two actors uh, exiting the show, meaning the end of the whole thing. Um, I hadn't heard anything like that, but um, Mike had predicted that the show would end with something actually good and fun, (laughs) and Eli had predicted that it would actually just be a massive Bob Newhart dream by some alien. And Eli was almost right. Uh, (laughs) Was he? <laughs> did you? Did either you guys watch it? No, no, I didn't. I heard bad X things. X Files is firmly in my childhood. So, I just don't know if I can really revisit. Yeah. It. So the whole season ten thing was actually uh, the the first episode of season eleven basically did that. Season ten was a dream sequence. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I see. And then, uh, hmm. so Eli was almost right, but it wasn't a dream by some alien. It was a dream by uh, Scully. So, you know, 50% right. She has alien yeah. DNA in her. Yeah, right. She, you know? so Yeah, I was going to say she had some, like, alien tech uh, in her skull or something. But I watched it, um, and I must say, other than there was, like, a couple episodes that were good, you know, Monster of the Week kind of stuff, I do not think it was actually good and fun at the end. And that's just kind of what I worried revived X-Files would be. So, And, of course, I wasn't basing that on much other than bad feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um, we, uh, were, we heard that uh, Star Trek was going to be coming back to a CBS streaming service uh, la- last year. And as a result, Mike predicted that it would crash and burn... In its second season, uh, I have to agree, who's going to wa- uh, get a CBS uh, pay subscription to watch that? Uh, however, the Orville would be awesome. Um, how do you think you did, Mike? I have not watched Star Trek Discovery because I refuse to buy the CBS service. I think everybody that, feels but, the same uh, way. I've heard good things from... Yeah. Um, David, do you watch that show? Yeah, no, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm in the same boat where where you know I'm I'll, I'm not going to get a subscription for it. Um, but I do know it was it was when it started. It it took a lot of critical bashing at the beginning, and um, it has grown and and become more popular uh, as as it's gone on. And I do know that it has been renewed. And uh, and you know looking at looking at the the ratings, it's got an eighty four percent positive ratings on uh, Rotten Tomatoes so so they're doing something right well some people watched it then yeah I think um I think the ba- the main difference um that people are, are saying between it and a regular you know Star Trek series is that it is extremely serialized like more so than any other Star Trek series before it um hmm. Which you know kind of fits with the modern paradigm of of uh, of TV. So that I'm kind of interested in seeing something that's extremely serialized. And I, you know, Next Generation and all the other series did have like a through line, but there was still lots of like individual episodes that they basically the the through line was just like a couple minutes there, you know. 
So. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you dive back to the original uh, Star Trek, uh, or Star Trek, I should say, uh, it was it it was very ser- serialized. The very first one, good old Captain Kirk. But uh, sure, sure. Yeah. That was so the era. As far as the in. Orville, the Orville is more like a next generation kind of thing, where it's like, um, you know, there there are serialized elements, but it, this is wholly like these are individual adventures and in stories. So, yeah. I feel like the Orville kind of delivered that maybe that that more classic Star Trek that '90s Star Trek feel that people felt wasn't in Discovery. So there's something for everybody still. I would like to watch Discovery, but again, I'm not gonna buy a single uh, a whole new subscription service just for a single show, except for <laughs> except for Game of Thrones. Let's, let's <laughs> that's yes, the exactly. only one I will. Well, I mean, don't you guys want to watch NCIS? Uh, Los Angeles or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I could live without it. Um, another, so the Good Place is a very popular show. Mike predicted that the Good Place would have a bad episode. I don't know <laughs> if that's true. Uh, playing the odds a little bit. And uh, Eli said that Mike is wrong. The writing on Good Place will continue to be phenomenal. And from what I hear, I feel like Eli is kind of right on that one. Is that is that true? Yeah, I think he is, but I I know it 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 stayed so popular that it had not a single bad review uh uh for like most of the year last year. Um I see now looking at it that it has gone down 3%. So it's at 97% on uh on uh critical reviews, which is uh amazing. Uh, Still fantastic. Yeah, yeah. For a show Phenomenal in season. Yes, I lost and I I am happy to have lost this one. I'm the the season finale was yesterday. I have not caught up on it um, up to that point. I well, I'm, I'm caught up up to that point, but I have not watched the season finale yesterday. But I I hand this one to Eli. He won. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Mike. How did your prediction about the new Doctor Who being excellent uh, turn out? I uh, I heard it was. Uh, not necessarily excellent, but it was important, and it was a uh, new, different direction to take the Doctor. And I don't know if it's, uh, um, I don't know if everybody agrees that it, it's perfect, but um, it's all pleasant, it's all good, it's not great. Is that is that you know? That's kind of what I've been yeah. hearing from people. Yeah, yeah. Well, the show has been around for a while, so. Yeah, there's some great episodes, but you know the uh, the showrunner was not, um, you know, from the the more whimsical uh, TV show. I believe he did Broadchurch first, which is you know more serious. So <laughs> that sounds incredibly not whimsical, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> hmm. So I think it's it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I have seen only the first episode because I didn't uh, pick up the season pass, but I mean I liked what I saw. I liked the Doctor, and I think that's kind of the thing. Is like. It's uh, it's it's definitely good, just not great. <laughs> right on. It's like it's um, like season two Matt Smith versus season one Matt Smith. Ah, or is gotcha. that the other way around? <laughs> I can't recall. It's been a while <laughs> since I watched the show. Uh, I I didn't make a whole lot of super crazy predictions last year, but my wildest one was probably that I would get a babysitter and see all the movies. Uh, that, that didn't happen. However, I would say that I saw more movies in the theater last year than I have in the five years since I've had a child. So, uh, trending in the right direction. 
Uh, several of those were for this show, in fact. Yeah. I like that the, the next prediction from David is awesome. Or, or from Eli is <laughs> awesome. But David proves it right or wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's true. A re-release of The Room in 2018 that would do 10 times its original box office run. Uh, wasn't its original box office run a single night? I can't remember. It was it was less than a week. I know that, and uh, it it made uh, like next to nothing. Uh, the budget of of the room was uh, right around six million bucks, and uh, you know I think it made like I don't know something like seventeen thousand dollars or some crazy crazy <laughs> low amount you know, before before it was done and had its initial release uh, <laughs> initial uh, That's release. Funny. So was there a re-release of The Room coinciding with The Disaster Artist uh, last year? Um, it actually came out. They did release it in December of 2017, so right before oh, 2018. Um, okay. And uh, I know that it took in uh, a good amount of money um, at that point. It's made, since it's been out, it, it's it's made uh, its money back. Uh, overall, I see the total that's come come in is $8 million. And that's probably risen, been been more than that even even since then. So I was gonna say it's become a cult, like a midnight showing cult yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. I, I have movie. a I have a friend who uh, who he was doing a stage production of the room uh, around <laughs> various areas, and they they did it up nice. in, in Northern Virginia. And a, an actress a friend who was in one of my movies, uh, she was cast as the. Uh, the flower uh, selling lady. <laughs> You're my favorite customer, Johnny. Exactly. Same lines and everything. And she said it, he, he was not a pleasant person to work with. But uh, anyway. Because, uh, huh. <laughs> of, well, of course, he played the part. He played the part. <laughs> am I the only one who hasn't seen this movie yet? <laughs> oh, Mike, Mike, you've got to see The Room. It's seriously. The, it, the disaster artist tells such a, a fun story yeah. about it yeah it, it i just want to know where he gets it. his money to do this but uh apparently he made his profit back so yeah he doesn't have to worry about that yeah that that's a uh, part of the mystery about about him the the about the guy and uh and the disaster artist is what i i had not seen it i knew about it and uh, after I watched Disaster Artist, I said, "Okay, I'm going to have to go and, and watch the movie," and I did. But I'll tell you, Mike, it was hard. It was very hard to watch. I had to sit. I had to do it in segments. I could not watch it from beginning to end straight because it's like terrible. <laughs> if you if you appreciate bad movies, you would love this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he and the, whoever the guy who plays Greg is um, made another movie this year yeah. called, or last year called best friends I yes. w- or with the r in parentheses best fiends i guess yeah uh i did see it and it was quite wacky yeah 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 but yeah i mean huh. the, the, the story the story behind the room it's it's all about the 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 director tommy and it's that is the that's more interesting than 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 the room itself so yeah <laughs> if you haven't seen it disaster artist is, is great worth watching but and that's on netflix uh, i think so i'll probably have to check that one out oh sweet yeah yeah so. i know that's fun kind of seg into some uh of course back to superhero movies a little bit here um uh eli predicted that B- black panther would be the best marvel movie to date uh that's debatable but i know that it's very well received oh yeah oscar nominated very very critically yep critically w- well received and of course any marvel movie is gonna make tons of money which i'm sure it did oh yeah yeah i can't believe it's nominated so. for best picture yeah yeah that's 
quite something. Yeah, it. Uh, let's see, just giving some throwing some numbers out there. Uh, its budget was right around two two hundred million dollars uh, overall worldwide. It made one point three billion dollars, and that's I did these numbers in December. It's probably more now, but uh, yeah, really, that's really, nuts. really good. Yeah, so it did very well. It did very well. Hi, highly, uh, uh, it's ninety seven percent Rotten Tomatoes, so it's critics loved it as well. So mm-hmm. the mouse is really happy with their purchase. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On the other hand, well, you know what? Actually, I shouldn't say on the other hand, uh, but all three of us uh, had some rather negative predictions about the movie Venom. Uh, Mike said Venom would do badly and people wouldn't like it. I said that this will be the last film in the Venom series. And Eli humorously said Sony will beat a dead horse at least twice until they move on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Um I think we were I think we were not correct in this one because Venom if I'm not mistaken was an unexpected success and uh popular with audiences. Yes, it was popular with audiences. Uh it did not do good with the critics. No, no, uh, critics liked it a lot less. Yeah, yeah. It was it was uh it but it its budget was 100 million. It doubled its budget. Uh uh, it's you know it still can't get the total for worldwide, but it, in domestically it's it's made over two hundred and thirteen million bucks. So they, yes, they they are making a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, so that is going to be a sequel. Yes, That's the the second thrash of the dead horse. So I've heard it was the so, best yeah, romantic he, comedy of the year. <laughs> 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 there was a to, a Tomb Raider reboot. Oh yeah, and Mike predicted that it would be excellent. Ooh. If they are following <laughs> that video game, people will like it. <laughs> was it excellent? I don't. I feel like that was an outlandish uh, guess. Yeah. But well, how did it actually do? I'm looking to see if I have any notes on that one. I don't think I have any notes on that one. That one completely flew under my radar. Yeah. Uh, I know it was critically panned. It didn't do. Yeah, it did not do as well as they were hoping. Alas, sometimes these things happen. Uh, especially with like a property that nobody cares about anymore. Yeah, it, um, it did about fifty fifty one percent on the uh, good old tomato scale. Um, so and people like Alicia Vikander from uh, yeah yeah from what was she in uh, Ex Machina? Uh, X yeah exactly yeah. Um, we we actually did uh, treatment of Incredibles two. Eli and Mike both said that it would be great. And to have all the heart of the first one, and I believe you two gushed about it on our our final show, uh, where we actually discussed Incredibles two. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I stand by it. I mean, and I think it's pretty universally loved. And uh, they're already talking Incredibles three, with a one point wow. one billion total take on a two hundred million budget. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Disney just yeah, makes they- all the goddamn money nowadays. Yeah. They just rake it in. Yeah. Um, amazing. Um, Super Troopers 2 being a rehash of the first one. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's another one of those 17 years too late sequels that, you know, I didn't I didn't see it. I didn't think I needed to. I saw Super Troopers 1, loved it, and figured it would be the same or disappointing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how that did. But yeah, it, it, no surprises there. It really did. It, it was it was it was a very it was a low budget to, to, to today's standards. Uh, definitely made its money, made its budget back, uh, but you know critically it was not well received, and even even audiences overall it wasn't a, a big grand slam. So it'd be interesting to see if something if they make another. 
But no, I did. I did look up. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. I feel like I've grown out of that <laughs> that stage of my yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things thought. that we found hilarious when we were <laughs> twenty no longer are so great. Yeah, we're all getting yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just watch Matlock and enjoy a nice evening in. (laughs) Where's the Murder, She Wrote reboot? Yeah, right? (laughs) I can just go for that all night. Um, All night until 8 o'clock when I go to bed. That's right. Uh, So moving on to much more important things, the Star Wars uh, offering for last year was Solo. Um, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I predicted that this would be very successful. It would be everybody's favorite. Wow. What? <laughs> um, uh, Mike said that Lando would steal the movie. Uh, Eli, again, showing his um, his finger being on the pulse, said lack of, of separation from The Last Jedi would cause franchise fatigue and would not be as financially successful. Also, it would be critically panned. I think he kind of nailed it. Yeah. That's he- essentially what happened. And I, I, I mean, this movie didn't make its money back, did it? Um. If worldwide it just barely scraped by, but domestically it didn't. It, its budget was right around three hundred. Domestically, it made two hundred thirteen. So when you get into the world markets, it, it gets a little higher. But still, it was it was very uh, it was a disappointment. I actually tried to watch this movie last week, and uh, you know I, I got through like the first twenty minutes or so, and I was like, you know, this is just. You know, I I I I, I can't yeah. I can't watch it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. So turn on something. Matlock. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was the same. I didn't I didn't make it through the movie. Which which you know the other Star Wars story I loved. It was I, I liked it better yeah, than, than one, some of the yeah. other movies. Uh, yeah, it, Rogue One that's, was was wonderful. So so yeah, I think that's where my prediction came from because Rogue One was my favorite. Yeah, I think the difference between Rogue One and Solo, and no, I haven't watched it either. The thing I. Uh, it's on my Netflix queue, but it's like, well, now that it's free, I might watch it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's but, why I watched it. <laughs> but I think, right? I, I think the uh, the difference between that is like nobody needed that story about Han Solo. You know, Lando mm-hmm. a little bit more of a mysterious character, but for this, this is like the Kessel Run is like something that people just wanna. They don't need every detail. They just wanted to. Think about it, you know, the Kessel Run. Oh, I imagine what that would be like. I think it did. It's better as an imagination thing than it would was as a movie. Whereas, like Rogue One, is this like, is the whole problem with prequels in general: is that you know it completely destroys the mystique of all of these cool things that the characters talk about that happened in their past. Yeah, yeah. So we don't need to see every little damn thing. Yeah, and Rogue One was a story I think that we didn't think that needed to be told until we got it. And then it's like, oh, I see what they're doing here. This is the story of the rebellion, you know, how it started versus, you know, which is like it's new and different versus, you know, the uh, Star Wars uh, Han Solo stuff we never wanted to see. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Star Wars movies, the new Star Wars movies, are a lot more successful when they're not just mining the backstories of old characters from the original trilogies. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, Mike predicts it will surpass the theatrical take of the original by twofold. Mm, uh, I don't know if that's happened, but uh, Eli said that it would do so well that they'd make a Neon Genesis Evangelion movie. <laughs> 
that sounds like a long shot. How did that movie actually do? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, it didn't. It didn't do well here. But that movie is is more of a. It's it's. I think it's marketed for outside of the United States. Really. Sure. Sure. Um. Um. Looking at it, looking at it. Um. It it was its budget was one fifty million and it made fifty nine domestically. That seems cheap for a like yeah. special effects dependent movie. Yeah. But worldwide it made 290. So 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 it's 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 got an audience outside of the United States. All right. So it made a little money. Yeah. But it's critically slammed. Even even audiences, you know, it's like right in the mid like 5 5 to 10, 5 out of 10. So, you know, This it, was an excuse I, to I, eat popcorn somewhere else. I guess I guess yeah, right. so. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever they eat in theaters in China. Uh Avengers Infinity War. Eli predicts it'd be the highest grossing Marvel movie to date, but Black Panther would be the better movie. Isn't like any Marvel movie that's out right now the highest grossing Marvel movie to date? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Ant-Man and the Wasp I, didn't do that well. No, no. Oh, it, 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 did, it wasn't a failure, but, you know, it, <clears throat> it was – it did what Ant-Man that, did. You know, it was a comedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, we're going to talk about this pretty soon, but there are five Marvel movies in theaters this year in 2019. You kind of have to pick and choose what you're going to see sometimes. And I think Ant-Man and Wasp, a lot of people probably said, was missable. Yeah. You know? We, <laughs> well, we can, it actually we watch does it on lead Netflix. right into Infinity War. Um, Actually. Um, but it's also... Yeah, well, that, that is an important point. That's important. Yeah. It's also on uh, Netflix, like, I think today or something like that. <gasps> really? Wow. Okay, well, never mind. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> We're recording on the 25th. I'm pretty sure that's the date it was on Netflix, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It, it, and it was fun. You know, I, I saw it in the theaters, and, and uh, now we're going into Ant-Man and the Wasp. But, the, yeah, it was it was fun, you know. But, Stay till but, after yeah, no, no, You know, on oh, yeah, yeah. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. As always, yeah. <laughs> you mean I have to stay home till the the movie's over? Okay. But, yeah, pretty uh, much, I think, with the Avengers Infinity War, what, what you what uh, Eli was saying, I, I don't know if it truly is the top grossing, but, you know, it made bank. It's 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 huge. And uh, every, you know, critics loved it. It made tons, you know, tons of money. Well, you've got to watch the Avengers movies yeah, of course, in the yeah. series. They're, they're like the serialized Star Wars movies. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if it's the, if Black Panther or it is the better movie. And that's the weird thing is like the, the thing I've realized this year is that Marvel has successfully made the only TV show that everybody <laughs> goes and sees in movie theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. <laughs> Each of it's the movies so is just an episode. This episode's yeah. about Cap. This episode's yeah. about Thor. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And every episode is two and a half hours long. And DC mm-hmm. needs to learn. <laughs> DC, DC. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I would like to see DC do better. I don't, I, I can't imagine a universe in which they do actually <laughs> like succeed. They should at just what they're be mining um, the DC animated universe from the 90s and they'd be better off. Maybe so. Or they should just go all in with their CW properties. Yeah. Some, something like that. I don't just know. There's only so much of, of those you can watch. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, I made some offhand prediction about Fantastic Beasts sequel being good. I was wrong. It is considered the weakest of the Wizarding World yes. and Harry Potter movies. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it didn't review well. No, it didn't. So. 
So whatever. Uh, we uh, talked about Mary Poppins returns. Mike Did you said say Sherry Poppins? Well. <laughs> <laughs> it won't just to get sued. Uh, won't do as sorry. That was a different joke. That was the shinning. Uh, it won't do as well as Disney hoped, but will be critically acclaimed. And I said it was one generation too far removed from the audience of children. And it seems I was probably wrong. On yeah, that I one. think you're wrong on that. No. Um, I know. Well, at least I'm consistent. <laughs> I know its budget. Let me see. Was like one thirty, and uh, um, I'm. It was too, when I was putting these numbers together. Uh, it, it was too early uh, to to actually get get. You know, since it had just been released, but I'll uh, I'll uh, pull it up right now because yeah, Mary Poppins Returns. The uh, you know it's rated up at like seven point two stars. From from audience members, it's doing really well with uh, 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 Rotten Tomatoes. It's like seventy eight percent. And uh, as far as its budget and world it gross in the USA as of now, and it's still in theaters. It, it, as of now, it's already gone past its budget, so it's one hundred sixty one million uh, just in the United States. So it's gonna good. it's gonna do it. So it's above water. Very good. They've already started talking about a Mary Poppins three. So yeah. Oh, goodness. When they reveal she's a time lord. That's right. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the fan theory? <laughs> uh, they'll they'll bring her into the wizarding world of Harry Potter somehow. Or the no. Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's all. <laughs> Sherry Poppins shooting like lasers out of That's her right. umbrella. She will be Patton the Oswald will have to do another rant. DC. Yeah, she'll tie DC and Marvel together. They're going to stick Thanos' fist in her uh, carpet bag and... <laughs> It'll just be undone. I have no idea. No, the whole Marvel uh, Universe is in her carpet bag. <laughs> that's what it is. There we go. She pulls out uh. Thor. <laughs> Here's another hammer. Um, Eli predicted that Oceans 8 would be very well done and be a phenomenal entry in the Oceans uh, series. Um, Did that happen? Yeah, it was more of a... Eh. <laughs> yeah it's okay it's good it's good i'll watch it for free yeah <laughs> i know i mean i'm willing to give it to eli on most in most cases however he did use the word phenomenal and i feel like that might be inappropriate in this particular uh i mean case. the cat the, he's right the cast, the cast is, is uh, awesome the cast is yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah i just don't know if the for movie sure. came together well yeah it happens you know sometimes the sum is less than the whole of it so i have no idea what my point is here but uh okay well that's one um i had said that ready player one looked good um and that it was possible for a non-franchise movie to um be worth something mike said it was going to be a middle of the road spielberg flick and Eli said it was going to be a bunch of shit, basically. <laughs> Shoehorned references relying too much on nostalgia with bad story and characters that are unlikable. So we really were on every every point of the spectrum there. Um, uh, how did that one do? It did. It did. It did really well worldwide, but it's one of those that didn't make its budget, which was one seventy five. It didn't make its budget in the United States, uh, but it made over half half a billion dollars worldwide damn so you, you know so, that's kind of this uh, story we're hearing a lot more about movies these days you know it's not it's not really about america anymore but. <laughs> america 
something. Merka. <laughs> so uh, one thing I did not see Ready Player One, despite the fact that it had kind of looked cool in my opinion. But um, anecdotally, I had heard that everybody went into it expecting a piece of crap and came away somewhat pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah. That, that it wasn't crap or not as crappy as they expected. So that's yeah. worth something, I guess. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, you know, I watched it with my my kids or at least one of them and um you know i was like wow okay wow they've done this wow they've done this okay like so much eye candy and all this all this nostalgia in there and uh um but you know back to what we were talking about earlier watched it okay that was a good movie i'll probably never watch it again it's 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 like you know oh god i'm growing out of this stuff you know it's it's more marketed for the younger younger generation but uh you know, it, it was still neat to see everything in the kitchen sink thrown in there. And, uh, you know, it's still still uh, well done. So uh, and I, I went into, hurrah. Yeah, I went into it thinking it was going to be, war, you know, oh, this is not going to be great or not going to be that good, that good of a movie. And I came out of it thinking, wow, it's actually actually they did a good job on that. So. And once everybody know. jacks their brain into Fortnite, then uh, they'll come true. So there you go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. That's right. Taste of things to come. Damn kids. Uh, Ralph breaks the internet will be a mega hit compared to the first movie, says Mike. And Eli says that he agrees as long as they change the formula a little bit. Uh, I expect that that movie did very well because it says Disney at the beginning of the title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it made its money. It did well over worldwide. Critically was was liked and both audience liked it as well. Uh, both uh, audience was above uh, seven, and and critics was almost ninety percent positive. Oh, so. there you go, John C. Riley proving that he's still relevant. Well, and they they made uh, Vanellope von Schweetz an official Disney princess now, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know that means there's some long term. Eli had high hopes for the Cloverfield paradox. I heard that once watching it, nobody had high hopes for it anymore. No, nah, you can flush it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a piece of not not so great. Yeah, it's too bad because you know we were like, oh, this is great, awesome. We're gonna see what's gonna be how it's gonna tie in together. See some more of this this Cloverfield world, and uh, we watched it, and and eh, it was it was it was very bad. <laughs> well, the wor- the biggest tragedy here is that this breaks Eli's almost perfect streak. Yeah, uh, uh, and I had made a silly prediction that rampage would be fantastic and then i backtracked and said that it would make a lot of money at the very least and we've heard this already tonight several times uh you know yeah movie wasn't great but it made a lot of money oh yeah yeah so i was just gonna say there's a market for just dumb popcorn movies but uh for sure for sure this is this is right up there with battleship you know that movie with the you know theom neeson or whatever uh yes that was the end of our predictions, and yeah. uh, and I, th- I don't know if you noticed it, but Eli bombed on that one too. Yeah, yeah, he said it was going to be fun, and he said it was going to bomb in the box office. He he did, he did. So he didn't finish strong, but I think it's fair to say that Eli was very good with his predictions, and in in some cases, <laughs> yeah, in some cases he it was almost uncanny his answer how how truthful it turned out to be. <laughs> I think he must have been insider like, information, kind of crystal ball shit. <laughs> yeah right it's magic magnets i have no idea <laughs> how do they work oh that's so old I didn't yeah do that. how does that shit work yeah oh we're dating ourselves there <laughs> making those fresh icp references from 10 years ago 
<laughs> I should have uh, said something about you're getting high on magnets or something like a uh, good place. So, eh, whatever. <laughs> It's all good. Okay, well, that is the end of our 2018 uh, prediction in review. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, Eli told us he's the winner. <laughs> yeah, right. I wonder why he chickened out then. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right? I know, right? Was he afraid that he had gotten them wrong? He must have had a good feeling. <laughs> I didn't realize I had bombed everything. I don't think I was right any even once except for on Rampage, and that's kind of bad. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was... That fifty percent, <laughs> that fifty percent mark. So it's a good thing we quit the show, right? Ah ha ha. Anyway, <laughs> that is our uh, our end of our twenty eighteen predictions, and uh, we'll see you for the twenty nineteen predictions, where David's gonna throw his hat in the ring as well. And uh, after the break. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It is your favorite friendly neighborhood editor Eli here just butting in to say that I think we all knew when listening to the 2018 year in review in advance that I was gonna win it's really no surprise to me um uh however I do think that this means that legally the rights to sacred cows and the name passes to me so I already have ideas for what the next version of the show is going to be. Don't worry, Mike and Pete. Um, it's going to be great. Um, and yeah, I also have bragging rights for the year, and I will be expecting the cash prize and the trophy to be shipped. You all can hit me up, and I will give you my address to send that to. Um, and really, hearing that I won is the only reason to listen to the show anyway, so you can just skip the rest of the episode. Um you know, some predictions are made, whether they're bold or not, who's to say? Um, I don't really think they are, but that's just me. Uh, with that being said, again, as your champion, your fearless leader, I hope you have a great 2019. Just one damn minute and you can begin. Let me get the mic set. Jeez, this is... This is our big comeback episode. It's it's supposed to be special. Couldn't you get us in another room to record in? I mean, the common room? This is all they had left. Mr. Kirtley got meeting room A for his Saints and Symbols seminar. I attended one of those. <laughs> it was enlighteningly dull. The game room was booked all week by Francine. Personally, I think she uses it for naps. And conference room 3X is full all day with the Quilters Motocross Guild of Eastern Ridgeback County. That group is tough as nails, and they create beautiful works of motorized cloth work. Wow, well, uh, busy times here at uh, Retirement Row Estates, I guess. Uh, uh, maybe we should schedule the rooms farther in advance next time, eh? Yeah, like that'll happen. Uh... David, David, how's that How's that microphone and recorder coming? Oh, mic is good. Recorder is recording. And so you're, uh, you're not worried about all this background noise then? No, with the new editing stuff they have nowadays, filtering all that out and building in a pleasant ambience will be a piece of cake. I'm going to pretend that I understand what you're saying. I do that for everyone I talk to. Shut up! We ready to start this thing? Yeah. All right. Ready, steady, go. 
Sacred Cows Tonight with your hosts, Mike and Pete, featuring Disembodied Voice Guy. Welcome to Sacred Cows Tonight. I'm Mike. I'm Pete. And that brings us to the three movies we will be talking about today. First, uh, there's going to be, uh, we're talking about a man-a-man, a Star Wars story. My love for Star Wars continues to diminish. I thought that the rear pilot three, a Star Wars story movie, would be the end. But they keep going. Ah, the youngsters still love the universe. They still want it. Yeah, like Talos, Polar Irrigation System, a Star Wars story. That one was a documentary on a fictional manufacturing achievement. I mean, come on. Remember, if people keep paying, the Star Wars universe will keep expanding. Eh? It's going to keep expanding. Eh? I said expanding! Oh, I hear you. It's gonna keep expanding! Hey, uh, quiet down, quiet down. I got it, I got it. Would you like a Star Wars? No, it tastes terrible with my Star Wars flavored Insure. Next movie is Spider Man Home Living. Oh, God. This is the 37th reboot of everybody's favorite web slinging hero. But there was a twist on this one. I know. Disney wanted to show us a new type of Spider-Man movie. One without Spider-Man. Right. This pre-origin story takes place as Peter navigates the first grade. A sweet family yarn that ends when he gets his graduation diploma and knows he will move on to the second grade after all. That moment brought tears to this old man's eyes. The sequel will be out this fall to coincide with the new school year. I know. I've already got my ticket. Figures. Anyway, our last movie is... Not the top score in Mario Kart 3K! Oh, come on! Wait a minute. Let's all just wait until they settle down, and then we'll continue. Hey, I have the top score in Mario Kart. (laughs) Well, it doesn't appear that way anymore, does it? Forget this podcast. I got a score to beat. Gladys, give me that controller. Uh, wait a second, I'll, I'll, I'll join you. But uh, I gotta find my specs. Oh, where are, where are my specs? Oh, oh, oh. Okay, welcome back. Now is the moment that you've been waiting for. Our 2019 bold predictions for movies. <gasps> now 25% more bold. Maybe, I don't know. Mine are actually kind of lukewarm, less but we'll see. <laughs> no. yeah. Ooh. So. I don't know what it I means. I think this is, we're going to do the same format we did last year, is we're just going to talk about things that are interesting to us. We're not going to try to base it on time or anything. We'll be here forever. So. Yeah, right. We can't handle that. David, sorry, we were talking before the show. How many movies did you say were listed on Rotten Tomatoes as coming out this yeah, year? Yeah, let's see. Just coming out this year in 2000 or yeah, 2019, there are over 6,000 movies that are coming out that are listed in IMDb. So uh, that's going to be uh, all your streaming services, uh, you know, every, worldwide, everything that's been registered and put into IMDb. And we are going to cover every single one of them tonight. You're going to reach peak movies tonight. Yeah, no, uh, no. I like Mike's idea. That, that was that was 
that's what you said, Mike. Mike, you said we're going to do them all, right? Yeah, that, if you're interested in all of them, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. okay. Uh, Let's I mean, start iTunes. with the Taiwanese film industry. I like that. No, that's, that's not. Uh, disembodied voice guy, I believe, would rather have us start with, uh, what was that uh, country that he's famous again? Bulgaria. Oh, okay. That's uh, right. We'll start there. Bulgywood. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, you're right. We should talk about movies that are interesting to us. There's going to be a lot fewer than 6,000. Okay. Uh, okay. But, but uh, Mike, you were about to introduce David, so I'll let you do that. Yeah, so David, uh, given that you are our guest and you're also a director, it means you're actually <laughs> in this movie biz. Yeah, extremely low, no budget movie director, lo- big, big, big uh, accolades. But <laughs> you got to make friends with Tommy, <laughs> or maybe not. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, which, which uh, do you want to talk first? Or do you want us to start? Oh, as far as just diving in, uh, we're going to yeah. do uh, an entire list. Each, or are we going to do like kind of one and one and one and one? How it, we'll like just like throw a movie out there that's coming and then okay. we'll talk about it. All right, well, think, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out because this was on my list prior to this and we got a late start on this, but I'm gonna throw out glass. Glass, what we, yeah, what we think it's going to do, and and uh, uh, you know, and I'm happy to talk about this first in a little detail, but uh, but uh. Uh, I know it's already out there as we're doing this recording, but I'm going to erase what I know about it and tell you what I want to want to happen with glass. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, are you a, a Shyamalan fan? Uh, I, I'm today? a thirty percent thirty percent Shyamalan fan, and I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, I was a huge fan of uh, of Unbreakable. And uh, it's one of my most favorite comic book movies. Uh, I like it better than most Marvel movies and uh, and how, how heresy. But um, when uh, stopped watching a bunch of uh, his movies when they got really bad and stupid, and uh, <laughs> but then you know he got better again. And uh, uh, when I think he was did something called the visit or something. It was like a, some kids with a handheld camera running around it's almost like a found found camp found footage movie and uh it was really well done and uh i watched that and then uh there was that movie uh called split that came out and i was like okay you know what i'm going to i'm going to give that a shot i'm going to watch that movie and when when i was talking about this pre-show uh but when there's a movie out there that i i have a desire to see if i want to see it theatrically or if i want to see it you know in my home theater if it's something I really want to see, I will intentionally stay away from all reviews. I will intentionally stay away from all trailers and everything about it. So I actually did that with Split. I stayed away from it, didn't didn't want to know anything about it. So when I actually watched it, and I watched it you know, at home, rented it, and had the Blu-ray, had it at home, we watched it, got all the way to the end, and I was like, okay, yeah, the movie's good. It was, you know, it was tense, it was scary, it had, you know, good job. You know, I'll I'll set that aside, send it back, and I'll be done. But as soon as the last thirty seconds of that movie happened, and it had the tie-in to Unbreakable, I went from oh, this is an okay movie to okay, I'm buying it. And I was buying it from Amazon, and uh, and <laughs> then I learned about the making Glass, the movie Glass, just to kind of tie everything all together and and uh, complete the trilogy. And again, this the whole trilogy takes across thirty years, I think, or something close to that. But uh, so. Uh, it was a long build-up for this, so going into glass releasing in January, I was I'm hopeful that it's going to be like just an amazing 
you know, different style uh, comic book uh, type movie that's going to tie all these different worlds together. And I'm hoping for me that it will be the best, you know, movie that I watch in 2019. Wow. Okay. Well, that is bold. Hoping for, <laughs> that is a, bold hoping for a lot. Yeah, that, that's bold. That's bold. You know, I, um, I don't know, Mike, I haven't given M. Night Shyamalan a, uh, uh, a second chance yet maybe it's time to do so but I, i've been burned a few times i mean we we did give him a second chance in another lost episode of sacred cows but yeah, that's here there we did <laughs> but that was more um, like giving him a second chance for his first chance like true. his first showing yes mm-hmm. yes um well i gotta admit i have not seen unbreakable or split i'm the worst at this then <laughs> Um, I am, I am <laughs> we can't refute you I am interested in uh, in in that whole thing but yeah I'm trying not to spoil it and uh, I kind of need to start with Unbreakable <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that would be a good idea the way yeah. I would describe it is un- Unbreakable is an art film that's how I describe it if you watch it as a film mm. student all film students should watch Unbreakable it is a art film from beginning huh. to end, and uh, I'm going to shut up now. But anyway. <laughs> no kidding. Well, uh, it sounds like you have high hopes for Glass. Um, I'm with Mike. I haven't seen it's any of his other movies that are tied uh-huh. to it. Uh-huh. There uh-huh. we go. Oh, goodness. Goodness. My word. <laughs> Do not quote um, that next year. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. Too late. Oh, you oh. know it's going in. <laughs> What's okay, next, guys? What's next? I, I think, uh, well, let's do one each. Uh, uh, so uh, you go next, Pete. Uh, okay. I will i won't go for any low-hanging fruit or anything like that. Um, I do I do actually want to go after something that's kind of big, and that's going to be the Aladdin remake. Um, the live-action Aladdin remake made by Guy Ritchie, um, starring Will Smith as the, uh, the genie. Um, my prediction is that Will Smith's genie will be atrocious, uh, and strangely enough, we will be treated to a Will Smith rap song about old Agrabah in the Arabian desert at the end of the movie. (laughs) So that's my bold, bold prediction. I just want to go on record as saying that, um, starting with the live action Beauty and the Beast movie, which I didn't think was that fun uh i thought the cartoon was just a lot more magical and all that kind of thing um i'm not really all that excited about these live action disney remakes but uh Hmm. what do you guys think about aladdin or any of the other live action there's dumbo coming out this year lion king etc what are your thoughts on those i gotta say i'm probably more interested in the lion king because i thought that uh, of the ones i've seen so far of the disney remakes um I thought the Jungle Book was uh, was the best one. Yeah, and you know, yeah, the animals. first, yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah. I, I, I was amazed uh, watching the Jungle Book. This is not the the second one that came that came out on Netflix. I think it's like Mowgli's <laughs> story or something like that. This is the one d- directed by John Favreau, Iron Man fame, and uh, yeah, it was. I was blown away when I saw that uh, the Jungle Book, and I, I I'm going to go an opposite direction. Uh, of you, Pete. I think that that Aladdin is going to be a huge hit, huge hit, and okay. that uh, 
I'm thinking I'll even go even farther. I think that it's not going to be on the same level of Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but what Disney is doing with these live action movies, the actual theatrical released versions, not the spin-offs that they go on streaming and things like that, but these theatrical released versions, I think they're going to they're going to be massive successes. Uh, as they go through and keep releasing and releasing these movies. I'm actually looking forward to Lion King. I'm uh, My biggest one that I'm going to be looking forward to is going to be Little Mermaid because back in the days, that was my jam. Sure, <laughs> so, sure. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I expect these things to be hugely successful and also uh, uh, very popular, uh, you know, critically uh, as well. So um, we'll have to see what, uh, what you know, Will's – new album will be a uh, spinoff of, uh, of Aladdin. Right. But, uh, but anyway, that's Are you my saying that you think it's going to make him uh, make it into the millennium that we all deserve? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. yeah. You're, you're, you've got the good quotes. So <laughs> <laughs> for sure. See, I, I get that you like little mermaid and so did I, uh, beauty and the beast. I thought was a great cartoon. That was, you know, when I was a kid, <sighs> I don't know. The magic just isn't. Maybe I'm just an old cynical <laughs> man now instead of a small doe-eyed child. Yeah, uh, it's probably what happened. I'm sensing there. a theme here. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got old little crotchety. Anyway, Mike's turn. Okay, so uh, let's go to something that is uh, absolutely not on people's radar. There's a uh, another another. Uh, Remake of Child's Play coming out. Holy cow. Yes. It's coming out right? in in June. And so um from what I understand, uh you know, all of the child's previous child's play movies and you know Chucky movies have been um in one continuity. This is going to be a separate continuity, and I understand that they're still gonna use the original continuity separately, kinda of like they're doing with the whole Batman you know, DC Universe Batman. Now there's that standalone Joker movie, which somebody can talk about if they want. But um, I predict that uh, because of the, uh, you know, interesting ways that you could update a doll for uh, 2019 to make him scarier, you know, a possessed doll, that I think the new Child's Play movie is going to be a hit, sort of a, a return to form, the kind of reboot that people were looking for for a horror movie that is previously you know, escaped, uh, you know, the, the Freddy reboot and, and, and such. So that's my bold prediction. Yeah, hey, there you go. Wow. <laughs> that was deep. Yeah. Well, I just didn't want you guys to argue with me. No, <laughs> yeah. I'll add to that. I'll say that the, the, the writing is getting better nowadays and, uh, it will be a critical success as well. Well, yeah, they're not just crapping out horror movies anymore. There's a lot of thought going into them. Yeah, there's a lot that you can say with uh, with this subject matter that you couldn't say in 1980, whatever that was. <laughs> All right, I'm diving into. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm trying to go with things like not obvious. Uh, uh, so let's dive into. Hey, Terminator reboot. Oh, yeah. sure, sure. Staying away from Marvel. So we got Terminator reboot. reboot. I am expecting, because we got Cameron producing this. It's being directed by uh, by someone else, but he's producing it. He's back. He has got the backbone of this and um, bringing back, of course, Arnold, bringing back in, uh, I want to say the name. No, Linda Hamilton. And uh, and essentially with this reboot, uh, he's erasing uh, a lot of the uh, <laughs> the other uh, Terminator uh, uh 
films after Terminator 2. Uh, from what I've heard, and and that's I mean I that's a good, good thing. Move. I think yeah. that's a good thing. And uh, but with 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 them behind it, uh, I I'm expecting this to be a huge huge success, and uh, and I'm excited to see you know where where they go, and I'm excited to clear off because of course Terminator the Terminator series I've, I'm a big fan of, but I really don't like the movies past. Terminator 2, even though I have them all, this will give me an excuse to get rid of them. So (laughs) there you go. I wonder if they'll make the Sarah Connor Chronicles canon because I thought that was actually pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing they won't. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't last too long, did it? It did not. I did not. It was a little too high concept for Fox TV on a Friday. I understand. I mean, there's there's a lot of big, and this is not a Dumbo joke, believe me, there are a lot of big elephants in the room. Here that I'm trying to avoid, so that I'm not the one who's like, so so Marvel. <laughs> you know, I'll just pick on that. You know what? Um, I will go peripheral to Marvel only because of the stars. Um, Men in Black International as my pick. Um, and I would absolutely not give the slightest crap about this movie at all if it didn't star. Uh, if it didn't represent uh, the re-team up of Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson of course played uh, opposite <laughs> each other in Thor Ragnarok which I feel is my personal favorite Marvel movie at least in recent years Same. because I like goofy as shit stuff and Thor is the best <laughs> so if I can see Thor as a man in black wearing a suit and tie uh, with Tessa Thompson again um, I will and I might even go see this one in the theater, and that's kind of a big deal for me. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't really a prediction. That, no, that is a prediction. I would go see this one in the theater, and that that has a very good chance of not coming true just to, due to all sorts of snafus. But Also, I said snafus, and that sucks. But what do you guys think? Do you care in the slightest about Men in Black or the Hemsworth-Thompson chemistry thing that yeah, is happening? I do love their chemistry, and, and I I probably wouldn't see it in the theater. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Men in Blacks, but um, uh, it's definitely something that I will watch. And I'm sure I, I would bet that, that it's going to do really, really well in the theater. So. I really like the first Men in Black. Two was okay, and I never saw three, and all I heard three was better than two. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think it's going to be fine. It'll be fine. I think the chemist their chemistry might be the uh, you know the the saving Mike, grace for Mike. It. Bold isn't fine, or fine is <laughs> that's what bold. I'm saying. It's like, this will certainly be a movie. No. <laughs> oh. How is that verifiable, though? No, it'll be a oh. popcorn film, and I'm thinking, I don't think it, I mean, it doesn't have a PG-13 rating, does it? Okay, Probably, okay, actually. bold, uh, bold, bold, bold. Uh, okay, Chris Hemsworth's career is over after this, right, guys? That's, that's it. <laughs> He's done. Thor, you're saying Thor is going to be recast in the next film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, they just won't touch him anymore? Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> What is it rated? Because if it's rated PG, I think this is a family film for us, but it's probably not. Yeah. Okay. I I have a bold prediction when you're done with this one. I'm totally And I think you're going to like it. Bold prediction. In a year that includes Avengers Endgame and Star Wars Episode Nine, the number one movie is going to be Frozen 2. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Well, that is bold. I'm afraid, I'm afraid you're going to be left out in the cold on that one, though. Yeah, yeah. You think so? Want to Fight me. <laughs> 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 However, you, Mike, you fail to you fail to take into account that Toy Story Four is also coming out this year, and that could easily steal the show. From, How many uh, kids are two, still running around singing songs from Toy Stories? Yeah. You mean you mean Randy Newman's not still a hit with the kids? Jeez, <laughs> I got old. And how, how many people, You're how right. many characters from Toy Story have John Travolta mispronouncing their actors' names? <laughs> <laughs> so there's an old reference. So, here's the problem. Frozen had some excellent musical numbers. Frozen 2 has a lot to live up to then. Like, can they produce the same earworms, like, or the same caliber of earworms as Let It Go? I don't know. Let it go or, again. Or, Let it go again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. But it has it has definitely a lot of potential, and you know, of course, that'd be one to see uh, for the families. Yeah, it, it could it could just be one of these movies like, oh God, my daughter loves Frozen. They go see Frozen two, and like it's one of those that has the hugest, um, you know, first weekend drop off in history. So it could be that too. Well, this is a you know, this is not the day and age of Disney's like direct to video sequels that just completely sucked. I think that they really put a lot of effort into everything they do, and this will be the same. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree with that. So, all right, David, you got uh, prediction for us? Yeah, let's dive into something. This is yeah, I, I'm not doing the big Marvel, but let's do Hellboy. 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 All right. Um, I'm. I am hoping. Uh, I'll just go ahead and make this a prediction. I, I. I want that to be a smashing success. I want it to be. Um, I don't know what the rating is on it. I'm hoping it's it's rated R. Uh, but uh, I, I'm. I'm wanting it to be to just just break all sorts of records as far as you know the type of movie that it is. I want it to to we'll just say do uh, uh, five times its budget and. Um, the director for Hellboy, I really like a lot. If you've seen uh, the old horror movie, The Descent, um, oh. with the the women who go caving, um, same director Neil Marshall. He's done uh, several movies. He's more like got a lot of cult type type movies. But I was excited to see him signed up for directing this. And of course, mm-hmm. we all love uh, Stranger Things, and we love to see the the sheriff from that is playing Hellboy, so I'm excited to see his take on that as well. So I'm going to say five yeah. times the budget, uh, going to do be a, a big smashing success and uh, do do just do great. So It's really amazing how quickly that guy's rise to fame just kind of went nuts. Yeah. I mean, he was like nobody before uh, Stranger Things, pretty much. So this is a big leap. I think you're right. This movie has a lot of things going for it. It really does. And... Um, It'll be fun. Popcorn film. And uh, the the trailer I saw for it looked pretty intense, so I think you're going to get your R rating. Good, good, good. I haven't watched any trailers, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I, I think it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be, it's one of those kind of franchises, I feel like, where you, you can have different interpretations and people are going to like them. I mean, I'm sure it looks like I'll probably like it, but I'm not going to hate, you know, the previous incarnation either. So, you know. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. No, the uh, I love the uh, originals with the Guillermo del Toro uh, directed ones because you know I like lo- I like uh, most movies he makes even when they're stupid. So <laughs> especially when they're stupid, sometimes <laughs> 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 that's when they're best. 
Okay, I suppose it's on me, huh? Um, yes. <laughs> so what do I do? Marvel or Star Wars? No. <laughs> um, I'm going to continue to do the avoidance tactic and say, I'll go DC. Um, the uh, Shazam movie is coming out this year. Yeah. And as I stated earlier in the program, <laughs> I really want to see DC succeed. And let me tell you, I don't think that they're doing that with this grimdark version that Zack Snyder started to lay out for the yeah. the universe. So I'd like to see Shazam, which I am guessing is going to be like uh, a family-friendly Deadpool type of a character. Probably quite silly, um, but without all of the horrible things that you can't. You know, for for which reason you can't take your kids to the theater to see Shazam will be more fun, and I think the lightheartedness is really what the the DCEU needs. I don't know, is this a DCEU film? Yeah, do, I do not know. It, well, either it way, it's DC Comics, and DC's great. So I'd like to see them do very well with this movie, um, and not just DC well, which means not a huge <laughs> disappointment. Uh, like Aquaman was, um, an actual success, like, yeah. you know, on any level. Yeah. You want to see it be Wonder Woman or better? I want to see it be better than anything that has been part of the DCEU so far. It won't have the gravitas of Wonder Woman, I'm sure. Um, Aquaman got there a little bit better because Momoa's a slightly less serious character. But I think this one will be the most fun. Of any of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go to a movie that I can't believe exists, um, but I'm going to make a bold prediction about it, and uh, it is um, another uh, Shaft. You know, Shaft, as in Shaft. You know, can you dig it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, so yeah. apparently... I um, did not see this one. Yeah, on on uh, in this summer, we're going to have um, three Shafts in one movie. Richard Roundtree uh, from the 70s, Samuel L. Jackson from the 2000s, and uh, newcomer Jesse Usher as the third in his line of characters named Shaft. That's interesting. Huh. So let's see. Okay. Bold prediction about it? I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's going to it'll do well. It's I, How bold am I? It's not going to be like the, the, the oeuvre, you know, movie of everything, but... Um, <laughs> I think it will, uh, you know, it'll do well enough to justify its existence. And it has that whole three generation thing going on. So yeah. 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 I think there's going to be a, I think there is a good audience for this. Yeah. Yeah. I huh. think so too. Especially, you know, especially considering, uh, you know, if you make good movies for people that don't have as much representation, then, uh, you know, you get butts in the seats. And the the two thousands shaft was fine. It's good. So I I'm with you, Mike, in that I am incredibly surprised to see this on the the roster, the list. Um and I'm kinda saying, What the hell? <laughs> That's my prediction. I will continue to say what the hell all through twenty nineteen daily about this movie. <laughs> Can you dig it? Well I think Yeah. I think part of this I'm looking at like the company credits, the production companies behind it, and I see Netflix on there. And so, I mean, it's just exciting to see all the streaming 
movies and things that are coming out. I'm not. This is not. This is going to the theaters, but all the streaming movies and just the the money that that people are putting into things. Yes, there's so much garbage coming out, but there's things being made, money being put for things that you want to see uh, coming out, and so it's exciting. It's exciting to see. You know this this. This movie coming out, you know, with some backing of Netflix and, and just other things. I mean, uh, for those watching Netflix, a series of unfortunate events. There's a, a whole audience for that that show, and that would not have happened without these streaming streaming services putting money there. I mean, we've got the the uh, Wheel of Time series is going to be coming out. I think. Uh, <gasps> uh, uh, as a as a show uh, that's really be coming out on, I think it's either Amazon or Netflix, but yes, it's happening because of these streaming services. So it's like uh, there's a lot that's of that's been rumored there, for years. But, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, oh, it's okay, been on the cool. shelf Wheel forever. So, awesome. so anyway, that's that's coming. And my point is is uh, that there's some of that money that's helping you know helping fund this. So we're actually getting to see things that uh, we uh, wouldn't wouldn't you know may not may, may not have been able to see i'm not saying this is one of them but it's just a thought i was thinking oh. so but but even just that analysis you know the these properties that are coming out now have a lot more power in their corner a lot more finances a lot more creative behind them exactly exactly and like i said there's so much that comes out that's yeah there's a lot of garbage that comes out but there's so much good stuff in there as well i mean the one big one that hit made the news on netflix recently was bird box and and uh, you know, with and they're, they're getting big name people and all these things. It's 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 great to see. But but anyway, yeah. Uh, sorry, I went a little sideways. <laughs> no, I I agree with you. The cool part about all this kind of thing is like for movies that are ending up in movie theaters, they are like saying like, listen, this is a this is an Amazon Studios movie. This is a Netflix Studios movie. Yeah. But you know, it mm-hmm. is going to come out in theaters first, and then we are going to bring it to Netflix. And you know, yeah, that's kind of yeah. how they're they're doing it. And I believe Bird Box had a theatrical release too. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I, I don't I know. That. We watched it when it was released on Netflix, and it was just you know, wow, it was a really good movie. But uh. I think movies are better right now than they were ten, fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a trend I definitely did not predict uh, back in the day. I just thought things would continue to get worse and worse. But actually, and I didn't notice it happen. But I do think movies are a lot better uh, within the last five to, in some cases, ten years. And and part of that is with technology. I mean, technology and digital films and things like that, um, it it has gotten cheaper and it makes makes putting together a a film or putting together a short, putting together a a show uh, more accessible to – a wider audience of filmmakers out there. And so you're seeing a lot more creativity, being able to put things together and make things that, that look, you know, wow, that looks really good. And the budget on it is, is not what you would think it is. But yeah, there is a whole world of bad stuff out there as well. And that's growing as well. I mean, you, there's a whole bunch, but you're seeing a lot more of the good stuff as well because of the wider, the better technology, cheaper technology, and uh, and just easier to be creative uh, for for all the filmmakers out there. It's exciting to see. So, what a great time to be alive! Yeah, hey, I blame the millennials. <laughs> okay, so uh, you know we're running kind of long, guys. So do you do you want to go around maybe one more time and then maybe kind of dabble a little bit into TV before we uh, end this? Yeah, totes. All right, all right. So people say so. Back to you, David. Then. They don't. 
All right, I'm going to do I'm going to stay away from those. Let's do this one. <laughs> Rambo 5. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Rambo 5. Yes, it's happening. Stallone, he's come back. He's no longer, you know, off in, in uh, you know, some distant country. He has come back to America and uh he's he's living at home, uh gone gone home and uh he's going to get into it with a drug cartel uh down in Mexico and uh it's you know supposed to be the last Rambo film. We'll we'll see, um, but I expect this because of the popularity of say like the first Expendables, uh, and I mean those Expendable movies. They did make their money even though they got stupider and stupider. Uh, <laughs> popular popularity of 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 those, uh, but also the popularity of Sylvester Stallone and 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 a lot of his his 80s style action and things he's been bringing it back as as a senior citizen and i'm expecting this this movie to be a huge box office a box office office success and i'm expecting it to make make tons of money and i'm expecting it to be well received on the critic side as well not going to be up in the 90 to 100% positive reviews but easily within like around the 60% range um I, I don't know if you've seen the last one, very ultra violent uh, film, but it shocked people uh, and and end, ended up being a really, really uh, good movie. So I'm I'm shocked to say this uh, because it was just you know a cliche of bad guys and and things like that, but it was just a really really good movie, and I'm I'm expecting Rambo Five to to, to do the same because of the the. We'll just say the dedicated diehard fans who have been with Sylvester Stallone since, gosh, the 70s. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Still that in great a shape, too. Prediction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is in good shape. Uh, my, my, yeah. My bold prediction for that movie is one of his biceps will actually deflate <laughs> during the filming of the movie. Yeah. And it'll be in an outtake. But when I heard that it was going to happen, I was in shock. I was like, what? But yeah. <laughs> Ah, man, I don't, I'm going to go with Star Wars Episode Nine. It's the end of the trilogy that J.J. Abrams helmed. He's back on board with it. Kind of have to see it. You got to see all the numbered Star Wars movies. Um, after Solo, Star Wars, I should say, Disney kind of like rethought their whole strategy with releasing tons and tons of Star Wars movies. So my prediction is that this one still won't really satisfy Star Wars fans uh, because they're tough-to-please group and, like, really nothing you do is going to actually make them happy because there's they can't be happy, and I'm one of them. <laughs> so I speak from experience. Um, it's going to lead to an even longer gap between this and the next Star Wars movie, and they might already have a release date out there for the next uh, trilogy and whatnot, but... I think we might not even get a Star Wars movie in 2020, and that's my bold prediction for Star Wars. Wow. It's so bold, there's no chance it's coming true. Well, they are but. doing the Mandalorian live-action TV show, so you know you can get your Star Wars on that way, probably. That's right. With the new Disney streaming service, I think there's a couple of Star Wars just shows in development, I want to say. Sonic the Hedgehog will be the best movie oh. in 2019. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know I have people. have that listed way down. 
I know people eh are all category getting all like, uh, oh gosh, he has he has muscular legs. I can't believe how ripped Sonic's legs are. But you know, people are gonna see it, and once they see Sonic, you know, they're gonna be like, oh, he's just the best. He's he's the greatest. I can't believe we were ever into uh, you know Captain America and stuff. It's Sonic all the way, and a thousand furry <laughs> ships will be launched. <laughs> I think this movie has only one way to win its way into my heart, and that is if Sonic eats at least one chili dog in the movie. <laughs> that is the only way that I will, will find a place for this movie in my heart. Yeah. That's what I'm I saying. I, I'm, it's going to be so, – they're going to play it so outlandish. It's going to be hilariously funny. It's going to be so tongue-in-cheek. They're going to know what their audience is, and yet it's still going to be family-friendly. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I see Jim Carrey as Dr. Ivo Robotnik, so. Nice. <laughs> so what you're saying is Zack Snyder is not uh, attached to this project to bring his grim dark uh No, I don't feel think to that. It? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's gonna be goofy as hell. And and that they're just gonna say, Yep, that's Sonic, you know. He oh, and he will go Super Saiyan. Spike I mean Super Sonic in the, at the end of the movie, because they have to. Oh my god! <laughs> but if you went Super Saiyan, that would be even better. What's well, interesting? The director, his his credits are he did a short called Gopher Broke about a gopher, a short, and this is his first. Uh, this is his first feature as a director. So that was like his resume for this movie. Yeah, he's done visual effects for Where the Wild Things Are, which was interesting. But uh, wow, oh, okay. he doesn't have a lot on his resume. Jeez, that was a while ago. Interesting. <laughs> He's also probably got nothing to lose because the, 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 the main star is James Marsden, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. No <laughs> offense. Right. I do like him. He's good. but <laughs> So uh, so I think, I think yeah, that'll, that's my prediction. Surprise hit. Bold. Bold <laughs> prediction. It'll be the best Marvel movie of 2019. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. All right. So, I mean, it, wow. it, I I just I didn't feel like we need to mention the Marvel movies because they're going to make their money back and they're going to be good. Heck yeah. They're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to guess which is going to be the best one, though, I'm going to say it's going to be Endgame. Captain Marvel yep. will be yeah. fun, but it won't be the best one. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It'll be a pretty middling uh, Marvel movie, I think. Okay. But that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> We've already talked about Marvel far too much in the last... 30 seconds we gotta start all right so any let's do one round of tv shows so uh let's talk tv shows who who has one that's interesting uh david do you have one yeah i mean i'll dive into it and and just guys i'm not a big tv person i'm more of a movie person so the only thing i'll do is what i know and stranger things uh is gonna kick ass and uh um, I don't think it's going to disappoint at all. I think it's going to work after seeing it. We're going to be ready and amped and, and for the for the next season. So that okay. was an easy one. <laughs> you know, I don't watch a lot of TV myself uh, at all, really, because streaming services have replaced that in my life. And you do get TV on there, but I guess I don't gravitate to that as much. There's really only two things I'm going to watch this coming year, and that's Game of Thrones and Vikings. Ugh. <laughs> Game of Thrones is going to be over-the-top spectacular because they're going to spend movie money on every episode, which is going to be like cinematic length. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, there, this is it's going to be really it's, it's fantastic. It's basically seven movies this season. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So um, there's nothing you can predict about Game of Thrones that's wild and outlandish because it's all it happens. Like everything that you aren't expecting, it happens. Everybody you think is going to live dies. Everybody you think is going to die lives. Uh, now there's a lich dragon uh, flying around and stuff like that. So who the hell knows what's going to happen with that show. But um, um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. I'm very much looking forward to it being over. Uh, and Vikings, I'm just looking forward to being over. That show hasn't been any good for a while. <laughs> but you got to finish it. Same thing like with Lost. <laughs> I had to finish it. You can't just abandon it, you know, with a, two or three seasons left to go. You're a completionist. So, right, I am. I know. Even I will drag my bitter, angry corpse to the finish line. <sighs> so that's me. One Punch Man Season 2 is going to be excellent. Uh, I know that's not a TV show, but it's, it's an anime, so I guess it counts. Um, and... Uh, Oh, my favorite show of 2019 um, that's not Game of Thrones will be uh, Better Call Saul's new season. Pretty sure oh, that's... Oh, wow. Uh, I love that show. So, I mean, and, and the further you get into the show, I mean, the if you're not watching and you like Breaking Bad, like, after the first season, like, half of the show is Mike Ehrmantraut off doing his Breaking Bad thing. And, wow. And, uh, okay. And the other half is Jimmy, you know... Becoming more and more of a jerk. Slipping to eventually become Saul Goodman. <laughs> uh, well, folks, that's the end of our 2019 bold predictions. And we'll be right back to close out the show. All right. Well, and that is our 2019 gear in review in advance special. A month later and some change than you probably expected it, but... Uh, you know, we had to do it. Thank you for taking your time, David, with us and uh, and and doing these bold predictions. And uh, now you're you're going to be on blast when they come back to haunt you later. When it comes back to haunt me, I'm already having <laughs> nightmares, guys. Uh, why did I say that? <laughs> it's best not I said to think about it. Something wrong about on the internet. It's the days. end of the world. <laughs> guys, guys, Rambo 5? What was I thinking? <laughs> you did go a little heavy on the praise with some questionable uh, <laughs> topics there. But hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you didn't say Sonic Hedgehog would be all. the number one movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's just like career suicide for yeah. a movie I think, reviewer. I think he did that to save us both, Pete. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Took one for the team. I like that. Okay. Well, um... David, do you want to tell us where we can find you on the internet and, and anything that you want to promote? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm at – well, on my Twitter is I'm at Spudcam, S-P-U-D-C-A-M. Um, that's where you'll find me uh, most days. Um, and uh, aside from this and in my real-life boring job, I, I uh, also uh, am, am the lead editor for Drunks and Dragons. So uh, that pretty much keeps me busy uh, all, all the time. So – you can uh, find my work uh, piecing together those crazy people, and uh, <laughs> and uh, that about sums me up right now. So, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Hey Pete, uh, where can people get in touch with you? 
on in the yeah in the okay world. yeah if you're on the Twitter you can uh, talk to at dirty mm eight what, what what is my wife's Twitter handle shit I don't remember <laughs> but I kind of went back to my old luddite ways your best way to get in touch with me is probably to Twitter at the show which is uh, sacred cows pod yes is that right yes sweet yep and then Michael tell me that I got some fan mail. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at White Morph. Uh, I will usually see your response uh, within a reasonable amount of time. And, uh, of course, he already said it, at Sacred Cows Pod for the show. If you want to send us an email for whatever reason to give us your comments, you can send your emails to sacredcows at herooftheweb.com or sacredcows at heroofthweb.com. They're actually the same thing. We would love to have some iTunes reviews, even though we're not doing the show on a regular basis. You know, we'll put some things on this feed every once in a while. We said we would, and that's what this is. Um, and, of course, as we figure out what we're doing next for a different uh, kind of show, uh, the first news will probably be on this feed or on our Twitter feed. So, um, you know, don't get rid of this, okay? Thank you so much for putting up with our shenanigans for the 2019 year in review in advance. And uh, remember to stay past the credits because there's some, some treats there. Sacred Cows Tonight is a production of Sacred Cows Tonight. Executive producers Mike and Pete. Sketch portions of this episode were written by Pete and David Stewart. Performed by David Stewart, Mike and Pete. And edited and produced by David Stewart. Main portions of the episode are edited by Eli Ramsey. Want to tell us how much you love the show? We'd still love to hear from you on our Twitter or sacredcows at heroeoftheweb.com. That's sacredcows at heroeoftheweb.com. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah, the sets have been disassembled. The studio's empty. Oh, wait. There's this nice picture of us in DVG that they left here on the floor. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, we forgot to grab it. Well... It's kind of nice. Maybe we could keep it. Sorry, guys. Studio property, you know. Oh, all right. Thanks. Okay, boys. Here's one more thing for the junk pile. Well, anyway, being back here in the big empty studio still is a nice opportunity to reminisce about the good times we had doing the show over the years. <laughs> yeah, like that time... I didn't mean that we would actually recount any of the individual good times, Pete. Oh, oh okay. Hey, that teardown guy forgot something else. There's a radio sitting in the corner. And it sounds like they left it on. This fall, from the studio that brought you Sacred Cows and Sacred Cows Tonight, there's a new podcast in town, and he's probably dead. Or just ethereal. Who really knows? Starring famed international rapper, the notorious CVG, it's the way better than Sacred Cows Tonight show, subtitled, Might and Pete Suck! So, Gwyneth Paltrow, in current events... Why do you think Cicero should just keep his big fat mouth shut and let Caesar do his thing? Um, I think that's not terribly current events. Like, it happened over 2,000 years ago. Oops, was I off by a few millennia again? Also, I'm Judy Dench, not Gwyneth Paltrow. You humans all look the same to me. Disembodied voice guy is willing to tackle the topics that previous podcast hosts never dared to. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Can we just hang up this discussion and admit that this is the greatest documentary of all time? And he just keeps coming back to that pet topic that he loves so dearly. So let's really 
get into why Mike and Pete suck. George, Mr. Disembodied Voice Guy, I would love to. It's Disembodied Voice Guys, the way better than Sacred Cows Tonight Show. You'll f-ing love the f-ing out of it. F-ers. This podcast is not yet rated. And it's a wrap. Mr. Disembodied Voice Guy, sir, the, the producer would like to speak to you in his office. Uh, sure. Thanks. No matter how many times you do that, I'll never get used to it. Used to what? Seeing you manipulate matter. Ah. So, anyway, you want to see me about something, Mr. Producer? Right to the point. I like that. Let me return the favor. Mr. Disembodied Voice Guy, people think your show sucks. I'm sorry? They what? That's right. Critics say you lack substance. You've got no stage presence. Okay. Audiences can see right through you. I see. Everyone thinks you're a one-dimensional character. If that... Well, I... Hey! These are all puns about how I'm invisible. Yeah, invisible. And that is what this show is going to be on the rating sheet if we don't change something. Okay, I'm listening. What should we do? I think that the biggest problem is that no one's ever seen you anywhere else before. Watch it. Nobody recognizes you. You haven't got a famous face. Come on! I don't know. It's just something intangible. You aren't going to stop, are you? But the fact is... You're a nobody. That's not true. I'm not a nobody. I'm an incorporeal somebody. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, baby, but that's just the breaks. It's not fair. I know, DVG. I know. I wish everyone could see you the way I do. What I really think is going to move us in the right direction is a little outside help. So I hired you a couple of image consultants and personal assistants. Guys who have industry experience. Come on in, guys. Hi, disembodied voice guy. You have got to be f***ing kidding me. I'm working with Mike and Pete again? So, boss... Uh, what would you like us to do for you? You have to be f***ing with me. Mike and Pete are working for me? 